Hey everyone, welcome to the Sportsman Like Conduct podcast. I'm your host, Brian Argot. This is a solo episode today. It's a July 3rd, a hot day here in Southern California. Hope everyone's enjoying their 4th of July long weekend. We've got a four day weekend here. Hope everyone's having a safe weekend. Uh, it's finally getting hot here in SoCal. Um, I say this is like our first hot week we've had um, throughout the whole summer. It's been pretty nice, uh, you know, usually entering May and uh, down here in SoCal, it's uh, usually 100 degrees hot, but we've had a lot of June gloom over the last uh, here six weeks and uh, finally got some sun out and uh, you finally feel that heat. So I hope everyone's staying cool and have a great weekend and enjoy their 4th of July. Uh, but yeah, I would you on the podcast. So we had a lot going down over in NBA. We got a free agent. We had the free agency happening. Uh, we had some great, um, good weekend of baseball as well. Uh, me and Steve will be talking baseball later on this week, but I want to just uh, break down a little bit of what happened in the NBA, uh, over the weekend. We all saw the big news here on Saturday when Dame Lillard requested a trade, um, that did not come to a shocker for most. <laughs> I think everyone was anticipating that Dame Lillard was going to get a trade or have a trade request or be traded by the front office at some point. Uh, whether the front office will trade him to the team that he wants to be traded to, he has been linked to wanting to go to the Miami Heat or the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I the the offer is for what what the Heat can give him are like pretty much two first round picks, uh, Tyler Hero, and maybe another big contract such as Duncan Robinson in there or Kyle Lowry. And if you're in Portland. <laughs> You gotta be like, uh, that isn't that almost the same trade package that the um, that the Wizards were gonna get for Bradley Beal, and you're like, well, Damian Lillard's better than Bradley Beal, and uh, he is a bigger commodity. So it's um, why would we trade for that? Uh, if I'm Portland, I would not do that. I will hold on to Damian Lillard because they have four more years of control for him, and I will if. Um, for, for instance, like, you know, Brooklyn is the other team he wants to go to. Um, Brooklyn has all the Suns picks, but again, what player are they going to get back in return? Uh, Portland wants to win now. That's what they keep saying. They want to build a winning team with or without Lillard. It seems like because they keep standing by that because Lillard requested the trade on Saturday. And then later on the Blazers GM came out and said that he wants to keep building a winning uh, team. So, um, they have a lot of young guys. Um, they re-signed Jeremy Grant to a $160 million five-year contract, which is mind-blowing. Uh, Jeremy Grant is a good player. He's not a all, uh, I mean, God, he's not, a, he's not a superstar player. God, that contract is unbelievable. We, well, we've seen some worse contracts over the, over the last few days and kind of get to that in a little bit. But um, with, with the, with Lillard requesting the trade, it, it really, um, I it's it's in an era of basketball now where god I, I just I really don't like it it's it's gotten really bad in my opinion I think the product has gotten really sour um pretty much players are just saying oh cool I'm gonna get this max deal and I'm gonna request a trade when and before in years past uh, I mean you don't even have to go back that long before you've seen all these crazy trades for all these draft picks and all that we obviously knew the Celtics were the first team to pretty much rob the Brooklyn Nets blind when they traded up an old Paul Pierce and KG over to Brooklyn 
to get a boatload of picks in return, which eventually turned into some uh, massive uh, young talent. I think Jason Tatum was a part of that. Uh, you, had, you had other dra- draft picks as well. There some that did pan out, some that didn't. But anyways, um, we we're we're starting to see this. So uh, just imagine that you trade a boatload of of your future that like you have no assets left, and then all of a sudden your all star talented player says, "Oh, I want to be traded because uh, we haven't built a winning contender. You've, you traded everything, so there's pretty much nothing else you could do, and now we're going to trade them." Yeah, you could probably tr- possibly trade them for um, for something to get you know a big package in return. But if you look at like versus what did Bradley Bill really get? I mean, obviously he had a no trade he had a no trade clause, uh, so he could determine where he wanted to go. Um, obviously the the Wizards, I, I think they were just more happy to get out from underneath that contract because they realized like, damn, we're paying a um, maybe second, maybe third best player on a team. Um, $250 million to this guy. And now with Dame, obviously Dame is the number one. Uh, he could be the best guy on your team. We've seen him uh, make a few playoff runs, hit some big shots in the playoffs, have some really dominant runs there. But uh, the, the, the Blazers are in a good spot. They have all their picks, so they, they are in a really good spot. They have a very young, talented roster. And I am very curious to see uh, what happens with them in the next few years. I don't think they're there. I think uh, they trained Dalen Lillard. Um, they do want to get a good player with picks in return. Um, I don't think that Miami has it. I don't think that the uh, Brooklyn Nets have it. And so it's like, well, where else do you look? You you saw today that the Pelicans, you saw the Jazz, Minnesota, and Boston all reach out to Portland. And I guess the team there that has the most is Utah. Does Dame Lillard want to go play for Utah? Maybe he'll play as, you know, maybe he'll bust a Kyrie and say, no way, I'm not playing there. It goes there and then request another trade. So it's like, you know, where I was kind of getting at before was, you know, you have these players, just they're getting those max deals and they request a trade. This is bad for the league. I, I, um, it makes me not want to watch basketball, especially in the regular season. And, you know, just seeing that all the time, it's like, okay, well, you know, Fans, uh, you know, what what is best for the fans? And if you're a fan of one team and, you know, a player always keeps requesting trade, I, I got to imagine that's kind of getting old. I mean, that's what's happening for me as far as, like, watching basketball. It's like, this really stinks. Um, how do you get creative for your team if players are just going to keep requesting trades after you pay them? And so, you know, is there a solution to fix this? I mean, does Adam Silver need to step in? who he is a very um, player-friendly GM as far as he leans more players than I think he does the owners. And so I don't know. I think maybe there is going to have to be some parameters set in. And I like, you know, they're expecting this next media deal to be big. Like, so the salary, they they predict the salaries to be going up seven to 10% every year. um, As far as like with the new, with the new media deals coming into place, I'm going to, caveat there and say I don't think the TV deals are going to be that big I just I'm just wondering how good the ratings are because the ratings have been down for a few years and so if a media company sees that and like hey uh, we're actually not going to give you this much money that you think you guys are worth uh, so like ESPN uh, you know or, or TNT they're going to be like huh maybe we aren't going to pay all this money for this um, or maybe they are uh, maybe there's like look it's basketball it's always going to be popular 
Um, again, I just don't know how much people are really tuning in to watch basketball games. Yes, you have your diehard fans. Those diehard fans will always be there. But for your casual fan who could watch the best moments of a game on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, because guess what? That's how a lot of people do it. That's how I am able to catch up with a lot of games, watching condensed games on YouTube. I just don't know how much more money the NBA is going to be getting from the media companies. So I, I, um, I'm very, I, I know with the new collective bargaining agreement just kicked in, um, again, they're projecting, you know, the, the salary cap to go up every year. I don't think it's going to go up every year. I just, I really don't. I, I at some point it's going to hit a wall where they're going to go down. I, I don't think they're anything like the NFL where they have this fan base. I hear it all the time with basketball. Like people are sick of, the player empowerment era. I think they really are. It's really fatiguing. Like I'm so fatigued from watching quiet from hearing about Kawhi Leonard and load management and all these players complaining about, they don't want to play the regular season. Well, guess what? As a fan, you're like, what the heck? You know, you know, we, we pay all this money to go through a regular season game. You're spending, you know, if you're going with a family member or family of four, you're buying tickets and spending money on food and parking and uh, transportation, whatever. You're spending like a thousand dollars a month if you have a family of four. Maybe if you're just you and going on a date, you're spending like five hundred dollars to go to a game, and you realize that a super the maybe the superstar that you wanted to watch there isn't playing because he wants to rest, and is complaining about load management. He's making fifty million dollars sitting on the bench, thirty million, forty million, whatever. That grows old on a fan, I believe, and I, I really don't think the NBA is going to keep growing at this this rate that they are saying so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna stick by that i could be absolutely wrong and that's okay um like i said i'm still gonna watch basketball i don't tune into it like i used to as far as i don't watch flipping into every game on league pass and doing that i like to i like tuning in to see what the teams like okc and what portland is going to be and what the spurs are going to be like because uh the, that, that's more fun for me because i like again um you know, just the bigger the superstars, the seem they just seem to complain a little bit more, and uh, I don't know. I I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a big critic of that. I I just hate it. I just really do. It's just so bad for the league. Um, that's why there's certain you know superstars that I really respect, like uh, Damian Lillard, who never really complained. Um, someone who, but now I'm kind of like, uh, well, Dame, you've uh, you you talked about loyalty and all this stuff, and now you requested a trade. Uh, Portland has, I, I think they have put you in a good situation. They have tried to build winners. They've went into, they paid Nurkic all this money and all that, uh, you know, to try to build a winning team around you. But um, uh, he, obviously he doesn't like it and he ha- it's his right to request a trade. So uh, for him, again, uh, Von Portland, I am not unloading him for anything. Um, sorry. I, I am not unloading Dame without a Nurkic in the deal. And to where you're going to get some really good compensation that will make your team better now and for the future. And for what the Heat has offered and what Brooklyn really has, I really don't think that makes Portland that much better. So I think they're going to wait um, unless Utah does something crazy or uh, maybe a team like Boston does something crazy. Um, we'll see what's going to happen. You know, things that's what's nice about and crazy about the NBA offseason. A guy like Derek Brooks gets four years at eighty million dollars, and you're just like, "Whoa!" Some of the stuff is mind blowing, and you just realize some of the dumb stuff that GMs do. 
and you realize some of the brilliant stuff that GMs do. Uh, like Rob Polinka built, built a pretty good roster around the Lakers. Um, you know, it's it's just like cra- crazy uh, what the Pacers did. I love what they did. They uh, went out and got Bruce Brown. They overpaid him a little bit, but uh, that roster that they did that they have now is going to be really fun. They got Halliburton locked in, a guy who I really love, and is going to get uh, a guy like Bruce Brown the ball. Get a guy like Obi Toppin now the ball. It's just like uh, you're going to see. I think this team mesh for like the Pacers. Like the Lakers, they're going to be better. Of course, uh, Denver's going to be there, but de- definitely like some just really brilliant moves uh, that have gone here and some really questionable moves. Um, just like, uh, again, going back to the Derrick Brooks signing, I'm just like, I don't understand why. Um, again, Dallas, I got signing Kyrie to what, $126 million over three years. Um, that was a very questionable um, <laughs> just uh, signing. Um, who... Was Kyrie going to get that money from? Um, it's just, uh, wow. With, with uh, I, I wonder if Luca is there next year. I like Because I think this Kyrie thing is going to go bad. I think he's going to request a trade. I don't think things are going to go great because the media is going to be, if Dallas isn't doing well, which I don't think they are, I don't think they built anything um, close to what is better than what they even saw last year. And people are going to start blaming uh, Kyrie. Not only that, but people are like, well, I wonder what Luca thinks of this. And and Luca is getting to a point in, in his career where this guy is one of the top five best players in the league. And he should be, you know, in the he, he should be in the playoffs and should be trying to contend for a title. And I just don't think this Mavericks team is even one of the five best teams in the West, let alone the whole NBA. So I, I would not be shocked by this time next year. We're we're hearing what we're you know about Dame, where you know we're going to be hearing about Luca. Luca wants to be traded. So um, yeah, I, I think there's going to be some bombs going off this uh, this next year too, just like we saw with the Kevin Durant trade and all that. So uh, with with um, all that, I'm going to kind of shift here. I'm going to talk a a little bit about uh, sports cards. Uh, I love sports cards. Uh, if you guys do not, I would say probably this is where you want to cut off the podcast. Um, but w- with it, um, I'm getting into, um, I, I do a lot of collecting. I do a lot of buying. I do a lot of selling. That's one thing I like to do. I like to flip. I like to find gems and ways that maybe not be from like eBay or something like that. But uh, yeah, um, one, one thing I want to talk about is um, how crazy the sports card market really is. And where's the logical uh, where, where's the logic in it sometimes? So for instance, they're for baseball. You go and you look at a guy, two guys from the going entering the 2022 season, two highly touted prospects were Spencer Torkelson and, um, and Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, two, two, again, two guys on Kansas city and, and, uh, and freaking got Torkelson, over in uh, for the Tigers, and uh, so you have these two guys who were highly touted, just must go buy cards. You know, every you have I see everybody trying to go after their first Bowman prospect, which is the highest, uh, which is probably like their not just probably it, it is their first you know true rookie and the one to go after. All the other stuff that kind of comes after it is is good. You know, you get an auto for cheaper, but Definitely the chase is a first Bowman auto. If you get a number, that's even better, but it's a little bit more rare. But those, so like for those two guys, 
I um I should have looked. God damn it! I wish I would have looked up the uh, what they sold for in 2022 at the beginning of the year. But uh, I'm bring, I'm going to use a guy like uh, Elliot Delacruz, who is very hot, a very hot prospect right now, and he's selling like crazy for his first Bowman autos. But for for his uh, first Bowman for Ellie Delacruz, his first Bowman autos right now are selling around. Let's see here. I see uh, a PSA 10. It's a Bowman Sapphire first. Uh, this is a little rare one, uh, the, the, the variation. This one sold for uh, 2400 Then you have, uh, and again, that one was not numbered. You had another first Bowman Auto. This one is a uh, first Bowman Chrome Auto. This one was not graded. This was raw. It sold for eight ten. Um, so you, you have this guy who is a very talented hot prospect and he's he's proven a little bit here in the last month that he's a really good player uh those other those other two i mentioned earlier torkelson and bobby wood jr they were highly touted prospects coming into the league last year and their cards were just as they were just as much as what these ellie de la cruz cards are selling for if not more obviously the they were they were going for more because the card market was way higher um, at the beginning of, or uh, yeah, at the beginning of 2022, entering the baseball season, people were going after those cards like crazy. Two unproven guys, uh, only proven what they did down in the minors. And Dela Cruz, uh, even before he entered baseball, was another highly touted prospect coming into the season. Um, he comes on, bursts on the scene, and he's had a lot of instant success. His cards sell for more right now than what a lot of Mike Trout uh, first Bowman uh, autographs cards sell for. It's uh, even his, his for like any, any like Mike Trout rookie, his, uh, these Dela Cruz cards are selling for more. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I mentioned one card right there, the uh, first Bowman Sapphire sold for 2,400. You got uh, another one of his cards. His um his first green refractor Bowman Chrome PSA ten sold for four thousand dollars. Now I'm gonna go and type in Mike Trout first Bowman, which is a little bit more rare because uh back then these cards weren't as printed as much. These cards have been getting printed a lot as of lately. But I'll go and type the first Bowman Chrome Mike Trout auto, and you're gonna see. You're going to see some stuff. There's a lot of uh, reprints here and everything like that. Uh, you had one sell 2009 Bowman Chrome Draft Auto sold for, this was a best offer. can check it was, but it was listed for 6,000 and it sold for whoever accepted the best offer on that. Um, let me go to Mike Trout. Let's see. Let me just do a Bowman Auto. So again, another card where it's going to be not be his first Bowman, but you're going to see. So here we go. Bowman Chrome Draft rookie card, Mike Trout, BGS 95, uh, 10, uh, 10 on the grade for the auto. This one sold for forty eight fifty. Uh, a guy who has proven uh, as a few MVPs, uh, probably the greatest player of the last 20 years. Uh, this guy's card, which has a way lower pop on that card, 
uh, sold for way sold for just as much as what Ellie Dela Cruz is pretty much selling for right now. And you're looking at that. So Ellie Dela Cruz has a lot of autographs out there, uh, whether if it's in uh, whether if it's in Bowman or sorry, not Bowman, but whether if it's in the whole tops or if it's in the Panini uh, where it's not licensed and Trout does, of course, too. But again, back in 2009, 2010, when, you know, Trout is coming into the league and where those cards are, were at then, uh, the population is just not even, you know, it's crazy because the market wasn't as hot as it was, you know, COVID set off the market and it was a big deal. A lot of people got back into collecting like myself. Um, you know, it was a big thing for a big thing that really launched it was, uh, COVID and leading probably, uh, I hear, you know, people are getting really, really back into it was 2018, 2019 breaking became a thing probably about, uh, where it got really popular and started gaining steam back. Uh, 2014 was about as early as I heard where it was like, it became a really big thing. Um, but then it became a, one of the biggest things probably in 2018, 2019, then it just exploded during COVID because people had nothing to do. Um, but again, here are some of the other trout, uh, cards, you know, you have a 2009 Bowman Sterling auto. His, <laughs> this is uh, crazy. It's a, it's a true gem BGS nine, five, uh, auto 10. Again, it's not his like true Ricky card is the first Bowman or the Bowman, uh, his uh, Bromine Chrome draft, but this one sold for two hundred fifty-five dollars. A two thousand nine autograph rookie. Again, the Ellie Dela Cruz raw first Bowman earlier sold for eight ten. Uh, a card that there's a there's a lot I've seen sold that have been out there. Um, you have the Bowman Sterling Mike Trout autograph PSA nine sold for fourteen hundred dollars. Uh, it's again, it's just you know for for what. The for how cheap some of these cards are, I, I see um, going for it's just it's it's crazy to me because sorry uh, earlier when I when I met the Bowman's the here's a 2010 uh, Bowman Platinum Refractor Prospect Auto out of Mike Trout PSA eight and uh, auto graded ten this one sold for seven hundred and thirty seven dollars on July third uh, two thousand it's a 2010 card of Mike Trout. Again, just the way some of these prospects nowadays, they are selling higher for a, more than a guy like him. It's just, it's unbelievable. And I could pull up, you know, some of the earlier stuff from like Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. Again, those guys, they, they sell well like Trout. Those guys are going to be Hall of Famers, uh, Harper and Machado. But uh, when I mentioned Torkelson and Bobby Witt, those guys' cards were selling just as high as what these Ellie Dela Cruz cards were, if not more. And now they have bombs because they did not have good years last year. And guess what? They're not having really good years this year either. And their teams stink. And what is driving the market here now? It's just all hype. The, the fear of missing out. This player is going to, you know, blow it, you know, make it happen, blow it up and all this and, and I just, I just can't believe like, no, I'm not saying the common sense factor here, but it's like, how do some, how do vintage, how does vintage get outsold by some of these hotter prospects coming to the league? Another card that I saw earlier is the Victor Wimayama first, uh, the first Bowman out of the, um, 
the first Bowman out of the university draft there. I, I saw a card earlier. Um, this guy posted in a group and he's asking 600 best offer. And this card has fluctuated. It's been sold for between three to 600. And, and um, even some have gone higher. It's just the, the one thing that um, I'm going back to here on this card is um, with the Bowman University card and the Victor Wamiyama, who knows how many have been made. People are obviously buying more boxes and they're hitting more of these cards. They, they said that this is a, it's been rumored that and said that this is a super short print card. Um, I don't, I, what does super short print mean nowadays? <laughs> like I, this card's not numbered. So, um, you know, I, and it's funny cause I have seen even uh, like I'll use an, I've seen like a basic optic card uh, be numbered out of 10. And then I, like I have a, I have a Josh Giddy, um, I have a Josh Giddy uh, rookie card auto uh, optic out of 25, but it's, uh, and it, I've seen uh, the same card where it's not numbered and they look exactly the same. And I'm like, what's the difference? The only difference here is this card's out of 25 and the other one is not. And it's like, well, why am I going to spend more money on the card, the card that looks out of 25 as opposed to the other one? Again, like I just, there's just so much being done on this print run and people chasing pretty much what the hype is. I look, I think Victor Wimiyama is going to be an awesome player. I'm not trying to bash him on this, but just to, just to, for these cards to be sold where they're kind of being at, it's just, it's all hype. These guys have not proven anything. You go and buy a guy like Tim Duncan or Kevin Garnett, where these guys have won titles and they are some of the greatest players of all time. Um, you know, like, like, again, people are chasing or people buy more Justin Herbert and buy, uh, uh, I'll say Joe Burrow and they're going after Trevor Lawrence and going after Justin Fields it, again, all for the hype. Uh, when some of, you know, Patrick Mahomes cards, believe me, I loaded up a lot, a lot of Patrick Mahomes rookie cards last year because um, I was waiting for him to win the Super Bowl. And I mean, he won a lot sooner than I thought he was going to do it again. Um, and yeah, I sold, I sold all of them instantly because I just think his market was going to come back down. I sold at a high point and I'm going to rebuy on those cards again here because uh, maybe I don't think that the... I don't think that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl this year, but I think that um, having a guy like Mahomes is—he's the Brady of—he's the Brady of the younger generation. Brady was my guy. I collect a lot of Tom Brady cards, and uh, again, Brady, Brady's earlier stuff. There's uh, there are a few variations of his different rookies, whether at their college or uh, at their pro league. Uh, first cards, but um, I, I collect a lot of his stuff because again, his stuff holds value and guess what? Mahomes is going to hold value. Like for these other guys, they have a, a lot of them are unproven. Burrow's not. Burrow, Burrow hasn't been proven. Uh, Herbert still, you know, out there, but a guy for like Fields and a guy like Kenny Pickett and a guy like Desmond Ritter and uh, let's see who else, Sam Howell and Trey Lance. People are spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on their uh, on their rookie cards, on their national treasure cards and all this stuff. And, you know, a lot of people are just going to get burned. It's just how it's going to be. Cause guess what? Not everyone can succeed. Not all these guys can win a Super Bowl. And guess what? The, you know, when the market dies on these guys, like I'll use Russell Wilson as, a, as an example, 
Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl 10 years ago now. Uh, he had an awful year last year. But you think 10 years ago, for the market was like it was today, and Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl like Mahomes did this year, um, like when Denver wh- whooped on, or sorry, uh, when the Seahawks whooped on Denver in the 2013-14 Super Bowl, it would be sort of, it would be sort of like this, where it's like, man, Russell Wilson is the chase, blah, blah, blah here. You go buy a Russell Wilson tops rookie card for like 50 bucks. And maybe that's aiming high. <laughs> I don't even have that in front of me, but um, it's just, it's crazy because the fluctuation of the market is the highs and lows. And it's just the hype of a chase. So many people are going in on these unknown guys and guess what? A lot of them are going to get burned. It's the same thing with the rookie class that's coming in. People are going to be um, talking themselves up on Bryce Young. People are going to be talking themselves up on, on uh, Anthony Richardson and just going in on these guys. And, you know, and the thing is, is a lot of these guys are unproven and there a lot of people are just going to lose a lot of money on them because they're chasing the hype. And some guys will win, but there's going to be a lot of people that are really wrong. And I, I guess I say all this to say this, um, just don't chase the hype. You know, obviously if you want to collect your favorite player, collect your favorite player. I'm all for that. But you know, a lot of people have the mentality that I do as far as like, you know, I want to, I'm going to, you know, buy some of these cards to sell them. Just be a little bit more logical and just realize that, you know, don't buy these players at their high or don't, you know, think that come the season when Joe Burrow's cards are already really high. Um, and they maybe say, let's say the Bengals start off six and oh, and Burrow is the card to buy because the Bengals are six and oh, but guess what? His prices are already high as they are right now going into the year. They're already going to be astronomical and people are going to raise those prices and people are going to buy them at that raise because guess what? People are going to buy into the hype though. Those will never outlive. Those prices will never outlive or sustain for Burrow in the next 10 years. They just won't. You know, we, we see it with Jokic right now. These Jokic cards have sold astronomical um, cards with uh, with Cage um, over on his uh, podcast. God, sorry. I'm uh, but- butchering his uh, podcast. Um, the Hobby with Cage. He has a great podcast where he talks, where he's talked about uh, Jokic, the card market there and why to sell now. And it, just because his prices have sustained a little bit post the, M, uh, the NBA title and all that, um, it, it, he brings up good points on it. It's like, tr- you know, get out while the getting is good because um, those prices are going to fall because we, we've seen it with other players where they have multiple titles like Tim Duncan, his cards are cheap uh, for what he has done. He's a top 10 player all time has five NBA titles and his cards are cheap. Big men don't sell well. That's the, that's the thing. The, and it's just, you know, I understand people want their collector of favorite players. Just make sure you're getting them at a price where you're not going to get burned after, because once you get burned and lose hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, it really, um, you know, you, you don't want to be in the hobby. Uh, that, that's uh, that's just the mentality. It's like, man, I lost all this money. I'm, I'm out on the hobby. And uh, I just don't want that to be you guys. That's why I'm saying all this. Um, 
just do your homework on it right don't buy into the hype and you know try to get you know if you want to collect some of these guys buy their lower and stuff or buy their first bowman chrome auto and you know just make sure you you know you don't get burned on some of it uh that's all i got for you guys today on the sportsman like conduct podcast uh, i'll be posting a video later on this week uh, ripping a box of uh bowman uh bowman via my first mega box video that i rip but uh hope you guys all enjoy this episode please leave me a rating and review and do not forget to share the podcast with your fellow sports or card fans you guys all have a great day thank you